We don't know each other yet. Not anyway. We barely know each other's names, much less our stories. So you may well be wondering, who is this man in the black robe with the big mustache and the glasses? What's he doing up here? The short answer is, I'm John O'Connor, your new intern minister this year. But that really doesn't satisfy, does it? While it's true, it just doesn't tell you much at all. It would feel a bit strange, to me at least, to just launch into a sermon now on hope, faith, and courage without first providing you with a little context. So while I generally don't like to talk too much about myself, Reverend Chris assured me that this would be a good opportunity to let you get to know me a little bit as we embark on our nine-month journey together. And in telling you a bit of my story, I trust you'll see the roles that hope, faith, and courage have played in my life and in my journey in bringing me here before you today. Now, if you're guessing that ministry is not my first career, you'd be right. <laughs> and if you're guessing that ministry is not even my second career, you'd be right too. My professional training and background is actually as an attorney. So back in the 80s and the 90s, I represented clients in criminal defense, custody, divorce cases, and in personal injury claims. What I like to refer to as the happy people. <laughs> so after seven years, it was time to move on. It seemed that no matter how good a job I did for my clients, many were still left unhappy and frustrated at the conclusion. They were still left with broken marriages, separated families, grievous bodily injuries, and for a few, tarnished reputations. What I had to offer as a lawyer was no balm for the soul, for theirs or for mine. And so I made a vertical move into a related field. Well, actually, truth be told, I kind of stumbled into the field of real estate sales after leaving the practice of law. I had some friends who needed help purchasing homes, and since I was a lawyer and could act in the capacity as a broker, I thought, well, you know, why not? I've got plenty of time on my hands. I can do this. So, as is sometimes the way of life, one thing led to another, and I found myself building up a successful real estate practice. And I was having a lot of fun. It turns out that people are generally in a better frame of mind when they're buying and selling houses than losing custody of their kids, getting divorced, or going to jail. So for the last 28 years, I've run a successful real estate team helping people buy and sell homes and small businesses in the greater Boston area. It's been a great ride. I've had a lot of fun, and I'm really proud of the team that my business partner Jason and I have built up together. So why ministry? Why take time away from a lucrative career in real estate 
to enroll at Harvard Divinity School at age 55, spend more money in tuition and lost opportunity costs than I will make in years on a minister's salary, and all with no guarantee that there's even an available position once I finish my ministerial formation. Yes, these are weighty questions that I wrestled with, <laughs> but which did not admit of convincing answers. Thankfully, my husband of 30-plus years, David, was supportive when I announced one day, I'm going to divinity school. And the best reason I could articulate was simply because. That's what I'm going to do. As I look back now, as with all chosen deliberate changes in the course of one's life, I see that my decision began with hope. A hope that somehow my relationships to people could be less transactional. A hope that I could give back some of which I had been so freely given throughout my life. A hope that I could have a positive impact on people. A hope that I could somehow support people as they made meaningful change in their lives. But what really is hope? And how does it function in our lives? Hope is the sine qua non, the that without which not, deliberate change is not possible in our lives. Hope is an expression predicated on the simple belief that something better is possible. Not that it's more likely than not, not that it's probable, not that it's a certitude, simply that something better is possible. I hope I win the lottery. Or, in my case, I hope I can make a positive difference in people's lives. But hope is just the beginning of the process of affecting positive, deliberate change in one's life. It takes faith to manifest this kind of courage to change, to call it into existence. Writing on the psychologist William James in her most recent book, Higher and Friendly Powers, philosopher, professor, and author Peg O'Connor, full disclosure, she is my sister, <laughs> Peg writes, faith is a willingness to live on possibilities. To have faith is to act when the results are uncertain. Faith, Peg writes, is the willingness or capacity to believe and act where doubt is still possible. Faith is what enables a person to continue to hold a belief where the evidence ends. Fear. Fear can stop us from making positive, deliberate change in our lives. Betting the farm on a hope, a belief that something is possible, and faith, a, a willingness to live on that possibility, can be downright scary. Fear of failure seems to assail hope and faith, to paralyze us, to prevent us from moving forward into action. 
Yet, is it really failure that we fear? In words often misattributed to Nelson Mandela, author and activist Marianne Williamson challenges us to reconsider our understanding of fear. Our deepest fear, she writes, is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most often frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people don't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us. It's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the very same thing. As we are liberated from our fear, our presence automatically liberates others. In other words, OMG, I'm really doing this. The antidote to fear, whether it be fear of failure or fear of success, is courage. Courage, thankfully, is not the absence of fear or we'd all be doomed. We all have fears of one sort or another. The etymology, the root meaning of courage, is the Latin noun core, heart, and the Latin verb ago, to act. In other words, to have courage is to act from our heart, to act on our hope, to act on our faith, even when the evidence ends. Yes, when we act on faith, we live our lives on the possibility of our hopes, and we inevitably make ourselves vulnerable in the process. But we should embrace vulnerability. As professor and author Brene Brown writes, vulnerability is not winning or losing. It's having the courage to show up and be seen when we have no control over the outcome. Vulnerability is not a weakness. It is our greatest measure of courage. When we ready ourselves to make deliberate positive change in our lives, when we give voice to our hope, when we have faith and are willing to live our life on the possibility of that hope, when we make ourselves vulnerable in front of others, we take a deep breath and then we act from our heart. We have courage. We are courageous. Professor, poet, and activist Audre Lorde offers us these words of wisdom as we contemplate making deliberate positive change in our lives. Next time, she writes... What's the worst that'll happen? Then push yourself a little further than you dare. Once you start to speak, people will yell at you. 
they'll interrupt you, they'll put you down and suggest it's personal. And the world won't end. And the speaking will get easier and easier. And you will find that you have fallen in love with your own vision, which you may never have realized you even had. And you will lose some friends and lovers and realize you don't miss them. And new ones will find you and cherish you. And at last, you'll know with surpassing certainty that only one thing is more frightening than speaking your truth. And that is not speaking. And so we come back to the question of why ministry? Because, my friends, my hope is that I may make a positive difference in this beloved community. Tell me, what changes do you want to make in your lives? Tell me, what are your hopes and fears? As I stand here before you, I have faith. I pledge to you my willingness to act on the possibility that together we can make positive change in our collective and respective lives. Acting from our heart, we can face down our fears and do it together. We will be courageous. Do I feel vulnerable right now? You bet. I wonder to myself, standing here before you, listening to the inner voices screaming in my head, does this old robe make me look fat? Well, does it? My friends, I'll end with the final verses of Summer Day by Mary Oliver. I don't exactly know what a prayer is. I do know how to pay attention, how to fall down into the grass, how to kneel in the grass, how to be idle and blessed, how to stroll through the fields, which is what I've been doing all day. Tell me, what else should I have done? Doesn't everything die at last and too soon? Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? My friends, may we all give voice to our hopes. May we have faith and the courage to be willing to keep acting on our hopes even when the evidence ends. May we hold ourselves gently in our vulnerability knowing that the only thing more frightening than speaking our truth is not speaking at all. May it be so, and blessed be.